welcome to TA1. Everything you wanted to know about adventure racing and then some. And I probably should say the Adventure Racing World Championship for these last few weeks leading up to the big race coming in uh, like 16, 16 days from when this is released. So a little uh, World Championship heavy. Uh, and it will be afterwards because we got to talk to everybody that raced and see how they did. <laughs> so it's hot here, probably hot in a lot of places other than Australia where they're skiing. And I know that's a thing, but I still don't get it. it bothers me. Got the uh, chili dog at my feet. We had a nice long like seven hour hike yesterday. Uh, don't worry, lots of water. You look at the pictures, we did, well, 41 creek crossings each way, so stayed plenty cool there. Um, let's see, what else did I have to talk about? This was for my Denver people. Uh, I, I know a few of you listen that live there, possibly on the 3rd. So a week from Thursday, I may be looking for a floor to crash on. I'm not quite sure what my schedule is, but um, I will be there for a day on Friday and meeting up with uh, the number 57 trophy truck. And uh, that's the team that I'm going to uh, the Baja 1000 with in November. So... I think I'm going to get there on Thursday and, uh, you know, maybe even if uh find it very interesting, we could record a live podcast. So that's uh, one thing I plan on doing at Cowboy Tough is uh, maybe doing a lot, of, a lot of little live clips that we'll put together during the race maybe for an episode and then after kind of put a lot of things together so we'll we'll see how that all works out um just that's it let's get on with the show and uh hey this week has the most obvious song ever so go fast take chances and thanks for listening Hello? bye this is uh legendary randy erickson hey randy how are you good so can you hear can you hear me okay? I can. I've got two stupid questions to start with. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and then we'll have a lot more stupid questions. So how do you pronounce your first name? Uh, it, it's actually Louise. But when people that speak English say Louise, it sounds like Louise. Ah. So people call me Louis here. Louis. So <laughs> I, I, if it's spelled L-E-W-I-S, I know how to pronounce it. Any of the rest of them, I'm... I'm Screw. <laughs> <laughs> so, and and normally I don't bother to ask. I just you know I spend all night like, hey you, hey hey, what's up, bro? So <laughs> I know. So. Yeah, I, I get that question all the time. It's just that, uh, you know, it sounds like Louise, and then people think I'm a woman. Yeah, it happened to me at work the other day. They're looking for a Louise. I'm like, no, it's Louis. <laughs> so does that? Here we go on a tangent. Do you? When somebody um, emails you or, t you know, tries to get in touch with you that doesn't know you and they think you're a woman, does that change how they act with you till they know? <laughs> it's uh, Not when they write because when they see how it's written, they, ah. they know it's a man's But it's just when they, you know, when they talk, when they say the name. So. Um, there's actually a whole McDonald's commercial about it because, you know, with, with Hispanic names, uh, how people, you know, like if I'm talking to my parents or my wife, uh, they'll call me Luis. But if I talk to my American friends or, you know, they'll call me Luis. And there's like just a whole thing about that. It's like a cultural thing. Yeah. Well, you know, us stupid Americans, we don't know anything. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, question number two that has nothing to do with adventure racing. What's the last blues bar you went to in Chicago? The last blues bar I went to in Chicago. Oh, that's a good question. I think it was last year. Um, crap. You know what? I can't remember because I was kind of drunk. <laughs> <laughs> it 
oh my gosh, it's the one on Wecker. Um, what was the name? Crap. Yeah. I, I don't remember, Randy, to be uh, honest. Okay, as long as you've been to one within the last year. No, I've like, been to like I've been to like three. They're pretty cool. Yeah, my Paulette's sister, Paulette's from Chicago, but her sister dated the guy that owns Blues on Halstead for a long time. Really? Yeah. So that's so cool. When we got to, we got you know we'd come and visit and we'd get to go all the places and we'd get to cut the lines and you know be like oh, VIPs. Cool. <laughs> Let me know when you're up or down. Because where, where are you? You're I'm in Dakota, uh, right? South Dakota. Yeah. So let me know when you're up. We'll we'll hit some bars and we'll hit some good pizza and there's actually pretty good Hispanic food here too. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, who'd have thought, huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, <laughs> how did? Um, all right. So you're racing for Ecuador. Right. But you live in Chicago. Yeah, so I've been living in Chicago for uh, four years. You know, work and stuff uh, led me over here. I sell baby formula for a living. Um, so I started adventure racing in Ecuador about, well, it's going to be about 13 years ago when the sport was like uh, five teams strong. Um, my best friend actually races for Movistar. Um, yeah, so he's one of the guys, you know, that was on the on the Movistar team that got third at Worlds uh, in 2014. So he got me into this crazy thing. Um, and so, you know, I started with the short races and then started going bigger and bigger and bigger to more expedition races. Then I moved to Mexico. I lived in Mexico for four years. I, uh, you know, it's funny that adventure racing. I mean, there's a there's a couple of guys on there that um, you know they have like this little group, like this little company that puts some adventure races and like bike races and stuff. But it, it's it's it, it hasn't gotten big, and it's such an awesome place. I mean, you could have like everything there. I guess it's just not safe enough. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I lived there for a while, and I still, uh, you know, I, I, while I was in Mexico, I still raced. Uh, I was going down to Ecuador to Huayasinchi. Uh, I did some races up here in the states, um, and just kept up with the sport. Um, the cool thing is that the the team that I'm racing with, you know, they're all in Ecuador. Mm. So um, so we've been racing for 12 years since we started. So this is you know my initial team and stuff. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, it's, they're kind of like my family. <laughs> well, yeah, we're all, it's kind of a whole extended family, which is yeah, a, a big chunk of going to big races, I think. Yeah. So, so how did, what was it 13 years ago that piqued your interest about adventure racing? Well, the funny thing is that I started mountain biking a little, mm-hmm. um, and, uh, I was actually, you know, uh, you were in Ecuador. We like to drink, <laughs> and I was actually, um, I was actually kind of hungover riding my my mountain bike on on this park that we have there. That's like a mountain biking park. And my friend Martin, who's who's the guy that races with Movistar, he he gave me a call and he's like, "Hey, uh, there's an adventure race," uh, and I knew that he was racing. You know, beef. he's been racing forever. He wasn't like in. Patagonia and and the Conquistador race in Chile and Argentina. So he's a big time racer for like 20 years already. And I'm like, hey, it sounds cool. When is it? He's like, now. <laughs> and 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 I'm like, dude, I'm at the park, and it's and he's like, it's at the park. And uh, and I'm like, I'm gonna die. I'm so hungover. Like he's like, ah, you'll be fine. You're uh, you know, you'll race with my sister and 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 her boyfriend, and it's fun and. I'm like, okay, fine. So they came up, and it was a, more, a small six-hour race, and, and we actually came in fourth. <laughs> but I was, like, dying. <laughs> uh, so, you know, once we started doing that, I got hooked on it and uh, never stopped since then. Huh. I'm, I'm, I think may, you, may, you may be the first person to do their adventure, first adventure race. Let's just say... Still drunk. I was, yeah, because I got <laughs> home. So we had a party the night before with my wife, and I got home like at five thirty, and I'm like, I gotta sweat this thing out. <laughs> so I got, <laughs> I got on the mountain bike, and and 
you know, I'm six foot, and this was a, a size small mountain bike because, you know, I you know, I wasn't so big on mountain biking back then. And I'm, I'm going to go sweat it off. And, yeah, I was probably still kind of drunk. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. That's a, that's a way better story. <laughs> so, short race, what what was mountain or mountain biking what was adventure racing like 13 years ago in ecuador were there were there very many races or did you have to eh, hunt them find them kill them yeah so you know um so adventure racing actually i think ecuador was one probably besides the u.s and like new zealand and stuff it's probably one of the most developed adventure racing sites i would say because these guys, you know, the guys that put together Guayasinchi, which are called Proyecto Aventura, hmm. um, they've been doing that forever. Actually, the, the owner of that, he went to college with me. So that was his college project. Um, and, you know, I, I think, you know, when I started doing this back then, it was pretty well organized. Uh, hmm. There were about, I want to say, total around 40 teams Uh maybe 10 elite and the rest were you know beginners and stuff like that that were just getting into the sport um but it was pretty well organized uh, and of course you know movistar always won everything i mean they were called movistar back then but uh but they kind of led this thing you know that that team of guys and and they you know everybody since it's such a small country you know these guys you know they used to get the super high-end bikes so when they got something everybody wanted to get those bikes and <laughs> They got the cool clothing, and everybody wants to get the cool clothing. Um, so they kind of spearheaded this whole adventure racing thing back in Ecuador. And the cool thing about it is that they have like a like a like a challenge. So like they have this um, competition where you have to win the three races, and they're spread out throughout the year. So you, I think you have one in April, one in June, and one in May. And if you win all three of them, it's by points. You have like a national championship, right? Yeah. Um, and that one, the cool thing about it is that if you won that one, you win a free entry to White Asinchi. Um, so the second year when we did this, we we won in our category and we got a free entry, and that's when we went to the first uh, White Asinchi, which is a, more of an expedition race. Yeah. And then you know the the international team started coming down, and and you know we just saw how cool it is, and and Ecuador is a great place to do adventure racing. It's 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 awesome. It's uh, yeah. <laughs> it was uh, it was pretty cool when worlds were there. So, yeah. Um, how much does it help to be the local team in Ecuador as opposed to say maybe a local team in the U.S.? Ooh, um, I think it helps. Uh, it, it helps a lot. The reason why is because, first of all, um, you know, at least at Worlds, uh, you, some of the parts at Worlds were part of of a previous White Asinch. I mean, some mm -hmm. of the things we did backwards and, you know, the navigation could be different. It does help a little bit, um, but as you saw, you know, you got teams like Seagate and the other guys that were just, you know, right in front of, behind of the Ecuadorian teams. Yeah. Um, and the thing is that it's such a small country that some of the areas that, that, that we, that we, uh, you know, that we visited at Worlds, some of those areas, you know, that's where we, we usually train or, or, you know, it wasn't so hard for them to navigate through some of them. Others, yeah. like they found some really cool place. I think they could have done a better job of making it more more exciting and chosen better routes but i think from a logistical standpoint it, it made it more difficult for the guys i see yeah do you think um it because it kind of ended up being a slog like you know there's three or four years in there where it was just like let's see how long we can make this do you think that i don't know i don't know why we're talking about what the 2014 world championships mm -hmm. <laughs> but mm -hmm. do you think they could have made it they didn't need to make it that long. They could have made it maybe a little more racy. I think they could have. Yeah, that there was one particular trek that I think it was like yeah the 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 second trek which is really long and it was raining and they could have done something different in, in around that area. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I, I think they could have and and they could have done it in places where the scenery was a lot nicer too. Mm -hmm. um, 
And I know that they got challenged because uh, in previous editions of the White Asinchu, you know, they usually we end up being really, really high up, and that affected the international teams. Yeah. So I think they were trying to figure out how to manage that and be fair for everyone. So they they picked that route. Yeah. So they basically decided to keep it a little bit lower. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because then you know, then the local teams would have had a huge advantage. I mean, even when I, I mean, when I go there, I try to go three weeks before, and the altitude's a pain in the ass. (laughs) Yes, it is. Then you know, it's funny because everybody you know going to Wyoming is like worried about the altitude and it's like it's only 7,000 feet you know and, yeah, and I'm living at 5,500 so I don't think you know twice about it but yeah I mean that 7,000 is actually fairly high yeah do you for you how do you well how do you handle it because you're going to be coming from Chicago so I mean it's definitely going to be an issue for you right well here's the thing with altitude I mean you know I've 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 gone down to Ecuador several times now. I think if you train right, mm-hmm. obviously you're going to feel it. But if you train right, um, it's going to be less so. And yeah. and it, it, it's part of the suffering, right? It's part mm-hmm. of the adventure. So I, I just deal with it. And, yes, I get sick and I throw up and then I eat and then I'll throw up again. And, <laughs> and you just got to keep going. But, um, but yeah, it's it's going to affect me in some way. I'm hoping not. I'm I'm, I'm – you know, you know what I'm doing? I'm actually using one of these, and I don't know if it's going to work, but I'm using one of these training masks. I don't know if you've seen yeah. them. Yeah. Those altitude training masks. I, I don't know if they work. I mean, I'm doing, you know, kind of training with that here, and it does kind of simulate high, how the breathing is when you're at high, high altitudes. Hmm. Um, but other than that, I'm just, you know, training my butt off. <laughs> well, honestly, it's if you're the fitter you go, the less it's going to affect you. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and I'm tell I'm telling my friends to bring me some like there's some coca leaves and stuff like that that usually <laughs> help me out. So yeah. <laughs> no. um, I'm curious about the training mass. Just does it restrict your breathing, or does it like literally take a little oxygen out? It kind of restricts your breathing. So okay. it's funny because uh, you have different settings. So. I mean, according to these guys, you know, you can set it up for 3,000 feet above sea level, 6,000, 9,000, up to, I think it's like 15. Hmm. But it's really hard. Like, I'm training with 3,000, and, and like, I'm, I'm, on, I'm on the bike trainer or something, and it's hard. And I see all these other guys doing intervals and stuff with a mask. I'm like, oh, man, these guys are crazy. <laughs> so, well, I mean, you know, it, 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 it's got to – you're exercising your lungs, right? Exercise mm-hmm. makes them yep. stronger. Yep. Yeah. Um, so your three teammates are are in Ecuador. Mm-hmm. First, um, we, we should mention who are they. Yep. So um, my friend Pato, who's who's my nav. Um, you know, he's an engineer, and the, fu- the, the you know the thing is that we've been lucky enough to be able to get into world but you know we're your typical i have three kids he has two kids Mm -hmm. uh you know we have an eight to five job and you know we try to fit this adventure life in which is we we would love to you know kind of live off (laughs) adventure right but um uh, so you know he has three kids um he's coming up he's 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 a good nav then I have my friend Christina, who's a, who's a really strong trail runner. Mm-hmm. She actually went to the Mont Blanc uh, CCC last year. She did um, uh, she did the Reto de los Volcanes, which is a very intense uh, trail run in Chile and Argentina. It's like 160k, and she did great. So she's super strong on the running and and and, and headstrong as well. And my friend Mateo, who's he's actually newer to the team, um, or, or our friend who was initially part of the team, he, he is actually he actually lived in, in, in uh, he was living in, in North Carolina, but he's moving back to Ecuador, so he was dealing with a lot of crap. Mm-hmm. So we actually call Mateo, and he's coming up. Uh, he's a strong he's strong on the bike. He's a good nav as well. So I think we're we're gonna be okay. Um, uh, you know, our intention is we just I, I I call ourselves we're probably in the middle to the back of the pack. 
Yeah. Um, but, uh, but you know, you never know these things. I mean, one white Asinchi, I was right behind Kyle Peter, and I was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, so, yeah. So, logistically, are they flying into Wyoming? Are they going to meet you somewhere? or? Yeah, so they're coming up to Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, they're coming on the 3rd. You know, we'll do – we'll practice some pack rafting here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> in, in a lake. <laughs> yep. Uh, um, and then we're going to be driving down to Wyoming. Yeah. So, um, so, and, and so you guys, how many races do you think you guys have done together? How, let's put the, no, better question. How many days have you guys raced together total? <laughs> how many days? Yeah. I'll like in one ro- No, like I mean in, just like in, in total. Oh, crap. That's a good question. <laughs> Um, shoot. So in 13 years, damn. Yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> that's a good, when you put it in days, yeah. Yeah. Um, 13. So, yeah, okay, let's figure it out. How many races a year? Couples, two, three? Yeah, two, three a year, you know, probably two kind of expedition, then the shorter ones. Yeah, so, fifth, I don't know, 15 days, 20 days a year times 13 years. That's a yeah. That's, that's like, quite the yeah. That's, that's like, like six, the, eight months. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, but, yeah, yeah, and it's just you know, um, actually, some some teams were kind of reaching out to me uh, if I wanted to race with them here, and and when you're out there for five or six days, you really know you really need to know who you're hanging out with. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, because that you know people get tired and and. And that's what what happened to us in Ecuador. I mean, I think, uh, you know, um, our team was kind of divided and, and we had some issues. But uh, so, yeah, this time we wanted to make sure that we were integrated and and did everything right. So we're looking forward to it. Yeah. Um, what's the longest period of time while you've been racing with your team that you guys haven't had to talk? Not that you weren't mad at each other talking but you were just in a groove and in it you know you literally didn't have to talk to keep going Ooh, that's a good that was probably at worlds huh? yeah i want to say yeah there was one in that trek from hell yeah. yeah i think yeah probably around f- five six hours that we didn't like say a word except for your typical you know we look out watch out or something yeah. like that but but uh but yeah, yeah, we were just toasted, and it was freezing in the jungle. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So do you? Um, I, I'm 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 focusing on the team right here for a little bit. But what's what's the team's best strength? And what's something that you really need to work on a little bit? So that's a polite way of saying a weakness. Oh, that's a that's a very good question. I think our strength is um, tenacity. Hmm. So you know we've been in places where like we've been dead last, and you know my friend Pato he had a busted ankle and he could barely walk, and and I duct taped his ankle. <laughs> And, and we just keep going. I mean, we're not the fastest team, I'll tell you that. Yeah. So I think that that's our weakness. We need to be faster. Yeah. Um, faster in, in, in the physical sense, I think we're very good at making good decisions. But but we need to be a little bit faster. And, and that's just because, you know, we wish we had a lot more time to train, I yeah. think. So, so uh, but yeah, tenacity, uh, I would say, is one of our strengths. And, and then our weakness is that we need to be quicker. We need to be faster. So... I'm gonna I'm gonna be really pushing them a little bit on this one because um, we really want to complete the course and we want to be competitive and I think we can be from the list of teams that I've seen at least you know some of the more local teams not the top ten but I think we can be really competitive. All right, all right. Here I, I'm gonna put you out on a limb. What position are you gonna finish in? So there's 60 teams. Pick yeah. a number and I'm gonna write it down. Write it down. It has to be one or can it be a range? <laughs> <laughs> I want to say 35 through 40. Okay. I'm, I'm, 
I'm going to write 37. Yeah, well, that's a good number. And I'll, and I'll um, if you're 38, I'll call that a win. <laughs> so, um, so I'm going I'm to ask you a question. Okay. Who do you think top five teams for this one that are going to get the first five places? Um, I am going to say the the, the usual suspects, but I'm going to throw yoga slackers in there. Yeah. So good pick. Seagate, AMK, you know, you know, you know the usual yeah. suspects. But I think you know, Yoga Slackers have been there. Um, you know, Jason hasn't raced for a while. I think he could be hungry. And He's very it, hungry. Yeah. I used to train. I used to train with Jason and Chelsea. Oh yeah. Did, yeah. So they uh, they trained us for worlds. Oh. Um, they're amazing people. We I. I love those guys, I, and I think they have a really good chance. And and like you said, Jason is very hungry. Yeah. <laughs> and um, you know they're kind of the grandfathers of pack rafting in some ways. So yeah, I you know I always feel you know well add another chunk of pack rafting, so that definitely plays to them. So um, yeah, I think it's the one kind of problem. It's not a problem of the sport because. But you but you you sort of know who the top ten can be, and then somebody yeah. will sneak in. Um, but then you know Seagate's got got the new guy. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and you know he's, Nathan. Well, it's taking Nathan's place, Bob. Right, so yeah, Nathan's You know, and he's kind of a slacker and hasn't done much or anything. So, yeah. <laughs> so I'll ask you a second question okay. that I've always wanted to ask you. Okay. Um, who do you think gets more merit? The teams that, you know, like your top teams, uh, you know, they have the time, they have the resources to train, and, you know, they're, well, some of us are working, they're out there on their bikes or hiking or yeah. pack rafting, or the guys that are, you know, have their normally their normal family lives and an eight to five, and, and they want to put this in as well. So who do you think gets more merit in these races? Um. Th- wow, I I get to say it this time. That's a good question. <laughs> um, I think it's a two. I think there's two answers. It for the general public, it's it's Seagate, AMK, those guys. Among racers, it's teams like yours. I think if I think if you get a team. Um, like you guys, I should have, I should bring up, maybe I can bring up a team list, but, but I think a nine to five team that does really well, they can be kind of surprising. I think, I think racers really appreciate that. Um, and, and I think that's what matters because the general public doesn't really care about adventure racing. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, good answer. Good yeah. answer. Um, I mean, and and it is funny because there are sports like when I was cycling a lot, I always liked the the middle pack guys. They were always kind of more fun. But I don't I don't fi- nobody's a dick in adventure racing. Um, you know, <laughs> you know Nathan, Stu, Chris. Those guys are just as I mean. You know, you got to kind of pick your time. You don't, you don't go bother Chris mm-hmm. while he's working on maps, but um, right. Or, but I kind of think, for me, I kind of like hanging out with uh, you guys. Oh, cool! I like um, that. Um, it's just, I don't know if it's more relatable or, oh no, you know what it is? It's because. I, I, I hate saying the middle of the pack teams, but look, let's say the pack teams uh, appreciate uh, media more. It, it's well, yeah. When I was in Australia um, on the big trek, I'd gone out early and was coming back, and I talked to at least 
eight or ten teams that said, we've never had our pitcher taken in a race. True. Because they're not in the front. So, right. um, so I, I, yeah, I like I like you guys. You might have time to chat a little bit. And, um, yeah, I hope so. I hope so. I hope... I hope we're at that middle 37 and not at the back. So, <laughs> um, Well, you know, my philosophy always is if it if it takes you, you know, you finish in the last possible hour, you're really getting your money's worth of the race. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yep, totally. But, yeah, if you finish early, you just got to sit by the in the hotel by the pool and drink beer. Mm. Yep, so. yep. Um, I know what I was going to ask earlier. Since uh, and you've you've heard me ask this question before, but do your teammates know something about you that your wife doesn't know? Oh yes, but I can't say that. I <laughs> oh, can't no. say that on this podcast. No, 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 no. <laughs> I, I I never want to know what it is. <laughs> well, tell you what, if I see you out there and it's like third day in or something like that, I'll probably start telling you. So. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Oh, for sure, yeah. So one of the things that, you know, the, the, the cool thing about racing with um, with friends, or, or I, I even call these guys family, is that mm-hmm. we see this as an outlet, right? So at mm-hmm. least my friend, my friend Pato and I, uh, we look forward to these long events because this is our outlet. So, you know, with me being far away, you know, even though, even though we talk and everything, like there's nothing better than having a conversation at two in the morning in the middle of a trek and just putting your life in perspective. Yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, you know, there's things that come out and, and just updates that, that, that you're, you don't share with, (laughs) with anybody else, but your teammates. (laughs) Well, I always tell the story in expedition Idaho. I went out with a team that got short course for a day and, I mean, we were telling the most filthy joke stories within, you know, two hours of meeting meeting them. So it's just yeah. uh, it's just the way it is. So do you? Yeah, how do you, and that's what makes this. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. no, no, and that, and I think that's what makes this sport so special. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, what other sport can you be at a acceptable, you know, state of mind, and and you know, and just sharing with other people? So. It, it, that's what makes it so addictive as well. Yeah, yeah. It's just yeah, people. They're either jerks or they're adventure racers. Yep. <laughs> so hey, you, you should mm-hmm. you should make a sticker with that. It's not. not mm-hmm. Yeah, it might not be a bad idea. I've been thinking about making mm-hmm. stickers for the race. I'll have, to, I'll have to remember that. So how do you guys keep in touch? Just a lot of Skype and WhatsApp. That, what's up? Right. Yeah, WhatsApp, and we have like uh, so now we're talking every two weeks like via Skype, uh, but before probably you know a month, every month we'll talk and just kind of update each other and how things are going in training and 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 for them you know um, they start buying a whole bunch of crap and just sending it to my house here in the U.S. because it's just so much cheaper. Yeah. So right now my my garage is full of their crap. Yeah. Um, and uh, and yeah. The other thing I forgot to tell you is actually every time that we do one of these longer events, uh, you know, one thing that my friend Pato and I thought about every time the final race in, in these longer events is that we want to do it for kind of a cause. So, um, like at Worlds, we, you know, we raised some money and we were helping some families in the Amazon, some of the places that we went through. Mm-hmm. Um, now we're helping this little community of, uh, of orphan children with AIDS in Ecuador. Um, it's a very tiny community of just these kids that get dropped off by their parents and they're just left out to, you know, to the care of, 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 a, of a preacher there and, and they need help. So, you know, we, we kind of race for that as well and it's motivating, you know, when you're hitting the lows and you just think about these other things. So, so it, it's pretty cool. Yeah. So are you, are you, are you raising for awareness or trying to raise some funds for them i would say both okay so awareness uh you know i've been able to raise some funds here in the u.s um and uh and and with that just you know so you get an idea i think those kids with five bucks a week they can eat for like the whole week (laughs) 
so so we do that as well and, and that's pretty motivating as well yeah. well if you got any any info send it to me and we'll we'll post it so oh, cool. we, we'll put it in the show we'll put it in the show notes as the professional <laughs> podcasters say yeah um training so you're you're an eight to fiver i think that's what we should start calling you eight to fivers <laughs> that's a good segment yeah so um I, what what percentage are you training at for you so obviously you're not a full-time athlete Mm-hmm. But are can you can you train to a hundred percent of your potential right now? No. Okay. No, so, I can't. I mean, I wish I could, but I can't. Yeah. So what do you where, what do you think your number is? So, I think right now, man, it's just stress kicks the crap out of people. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm probably uh, I, I want to say around sixty percent, sixty percent, just because of time and and you know dealing with kids and, and all the other stuff. So, you know, like I typically train in the morning. So, yeah. like this morning, I woke up at four. Um, you know, I trained from four to six thirty. Then I gotta come take a twenty minute shower, run my butt off to the train, get on the train, go to downtown Chicago, work for eight to ten hours, get back and try to spend some time with the family whereas if i had more time you know probably sleep a little bit more in the morning train you know train in the afternoon maybe have get a little decent running before dinner or something like that so which tends to happen when my family's out (laughs) so so yeah i think i'm around 60 percent and i'm following a really cool um i don't know you probably know travis macy right yeah yeah, so Travis helped me put together this really cool plan, uh, this training plan, which is I think it's working great for me, just to give me keep me organized and and uh, and you know focused on, on some of the things and some of the weaknesses that that I was having. Yeah, have you ever looked at um, Andy Magnus's? Training? I did. So I, yeah, so I did. Um, I was training with Jason and Chelsea. Yeah. So uh, and those plans were amazing. I mean, uh, some of the creative things that Andy and Jason came up with really kicked my butt. Like their high intensity work, mm-hmm. and you know, there were five minute training sessions where you literally, you know, what, when Jason used to send me the plans, he would say, "Just if you're on the bike, make sure that you barf on the left side so you don't barf on the <laughs> on the chain." <laughs> it was great. It was great. But, uh, you know, the thing is that it's high stress. And then, you know, if you add that stress and the stress of life, it mm. just kept adding up. Oh. Um, so, so you know, I, it, 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 I still do some of those things once in a while, but it, it kind of wasn't working out for me. I feel mm. like a little more lower intensity um, stuff was is working better for me right now. But I definitely add some of those things as well. Like, you know, when I'm feeling strong, I'll just go out and do some tire drags with until I barf. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so if people are wondering what we're talking about, they can go back and find Andy's Andy's episode. But it's like, yeah, like you said, it would be literally a five-minute workout. And, and if I think he would say if if you stand up when you get off the bike, you didn't go hard enough. Right, right. So exactly so. You know, I, I did that in the morning, and then I was, like, going to work, and I, I couldn't even, like, talk. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. it, it, it's super hard, and, and, mm-hmm. and Jason pushes hard. So, yeah, so, yeah I, I had to kind of rephrase it. I, again, I still got some of that in, within my workout, and it was great, but I think, uh, you know, it works for them better than it does for me. Yeah. I think, well, yeah, and, and I, they'll, they say that right in there. It ain't, it ain't for everybody. Mhm. So, um, yeah. So what's what's your strongest leg, so to speak? My right leg, not okay. Speaking. Yeah, I am too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know what? I think right now I'm I'm pretty balanced. Um, I I would say probably if you asked me this two years ago, I was probably a stronger runner. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did some ultras and hundred milers and stuff like that. But right now, I think I'm pretty balanced. Uh, I'm getting a lot stronger on on the kayak because I have a leg 
super close to my house, so yeah. I've been paddling a lot and just you know figuring out. So I think right now I'm I'm, I'm pretty balanced. Um, sure. Probably I'm getting better at nav too. Usually my friend my friend Pato he's he's the lead nav, but I've been working on my nav a lot. I I read the Squiggly Lines book, which is like the Bible for navigation. It's mm. amazing. Yeah. Gosh, thank God for 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 that guy and and yeah, yeah so i think i'm pretty balanced right now the thing that i i would say kind of uh you know differentiates me from the rest of the teams i'm always the guy like motivating the team like you know yeah. uh, even when i'm throwing up because of the altitude and stuff like that i'm always like, you know kind of keeping the heads up and just making sure that things are working out mm. so yeah the spark plug motivator yeah, there you the motivator um, stupid American question again. Does does all the team speak English? We all do. Okay. Yep. That that makes that makes life easier because it's really hard when you don't speak the language. But here's the thing. I'll tell you something that is kind of difficult. Um, some of the things on the maps, you mm-hmm. know, like uh, we you you gotta translate some of that to to Spanish, right? Because yeah. you know we you you remember the maps in Ecuador? They you know they're pretty simple. Yeah. Here they're very detailed and and like you know you have spurs and you have very uh, uh, ridges and stuff like that. And we gotta translate that. And sometimes we get the translations wrong. So I'm actually taking and I'm almost finishing up my little adventure racing map dictionary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so. So yeah, like you know, like a translation dictionary where this is this in Spanish. So because it happened to us at the Florida CTC, okay, we're like, what the heck is this? What, what's a? What I remember, what was a like a a, a marsh? We didn't know what a marsh was. <laughs> <laughs> and what the hell is a marsh? So it's like a swamp. Is it like a lake? And and yeah, so yeah. so we're we're taking our little translation dictionary. Well, and I can I can see especially two a.m. in the morning on day three. Yeah, yeah, yep. You might know what a marsh is, but you're not going to know what it is right then. Yeah, and I don't think we'll see marshes in Wyoming. <laughs> um, yeah, you never know. There's huh? there's some, well, I mean, think about all the pack rafting you're going to get to do. Oh, that's true. So, um, what? Uh, what freaks you out most about going to race in Wyoming, if anything? Uh, hmm. That that someone breaks something. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you know, a, a bike accident or or something like that. Injuries. Um, I'm 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 like super stoked about this race. I don't think I've been this excited. I mean, I wasn't even this excited when we were going to Worlds in Ecuador, um, hmm. because you know, for 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 us at least, we're always racing in Ecuador or you know in Colombia or some local races here in the Midwest for me. But this is going to be like a totally complete landscape, and it's going to a lot of the stuff is going to be new, right? Yeah. So so where I'm like, um, I just can't wait for you know to get to the start line. Yeah, well, it's interesting because it's it's kind of the opposite for me. Because right, you've been. I know so Wyoming. Times. I've been there the last four years. It's not. I'm not saying it's not going to be cool, and I'm not excited about it. But it's not quite as cool as like going to Ecuador or Costa Rica or you know New Zealand or something. Um, but then, by the same token, it's so easy just to throw everything in the back of my truck and be there in three hours. Oh, you're that close. Yeah, wow. yeah. So, that's that's how I originally hooked up with with the race four, five years ago. Now is like, hey guys, you know, I'm like right here, you know, bring me over, and they did. So, yeah. Um, now, for some of the guys, you know, in my team, it's probably yeah. For for Pato and Mateo, it's going to be the first time that they see like desert. So, so yeah. you know, that's going to be interesting, and then. You know, from what I'm seeing, you can be in the desert, and then we'll be in the high mountains, and it could rain up there. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. I, I will guarantee. I I'm uh, got my hand up, and I'm going to guarantee that there's going to be a couple of really cold nights. 
I bet. I bet. Um, So what have you done to study the course in quotation marks or Wyoming? Do you get, do you like go on Google Earth and just like look at Wyoming or do you have maps out or? Yeah, I have a few maps. Um, You know, I've seen some of the previous maps that they've done for Cowboy Tough. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, I've been going through that. Um, it, it looks amazing. Uh, Google Maps. Uh, but other than that, you know, I, I don't think there's much else that you can do except kind of practice, you know? And, yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it's it's just getting that idea of looking at it and getting an idea of the terrain and, and like, okay, there's mountains here and then there's, you know, it, it can't hurt. Yeah. Initially, we thought that uh, I, I, I'm sure it's going to be by you know by the Tetons. I'm just wondering how they're going to because it's a lot of distance. So um, yeah, wondering how they're going to play that out. Well, that's that's the. Uh, it's not a bad thing about Cowboy Tough, but it's the one thing is you're going to get some long bike rides. <laughs> I know, and you know what? I'm having such big issues with my saddle. Damn. (laughs) I haven't found the right saddle. I'm like, you know, I was on a long bike ride this week, and I'm like, crap, this is not the right saddle. I'm still figuring that one out. Yeah. You got 30 days. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So um, I had a question, and then it went away. Well, let's go go to the uh, stock questions while I remember my brilliant question. Um. And, and you know the drill. So the first one is, uh, what's your best and worst six hours? Oh, my my best and worst six hours. Yep. Uh, I think my best six hours were actually at Worlds in Ecuador in the last kayaking leg. Man, we were hauling butt in that one, and and you know um, we were right behind Arthur and and um, yep. and those guys. Yeah. And we started catching up to them. I don't know. We, I think some, you know, we, we, we got some good energy there and just nailed that paddle. It was amazing. And actually, you took some pictures of us there. I remember now. Yeah. Um, and, the, and that muddy part where we had to kind of drag the kayaks for like a mile or something. <laughs> so that was probably one of the best six hours. My worst six hours was um, in, one of, uh, in one of the White Asinchis where I uh, – I don't think I trained right, and mm. man, the altitude just like it just—it was eight hours of pain. Mm. <laughs> so I'll say eight, not six, because okay. it was—it ju- was just terrible. I mean, I couldn't hold anything in. I was dizzy. Uh, I think I was getting some sort of hypothermia. Uh, uh, I started coughing a little blood, <laughs> which wasn't good. No, uh, my stomach went. No, my stomach went bad. Um, but then, you know, the team just, uh, we, we pushed through. And uh, once we hit that checkpoint all the way up there in the mountains and started going down to the, to the Amazon, to the jungle, you know, I started feeling better. Uh, and we actually came third in that one. How do you push through that? Do you, like, embrace it and just, like, Okay, this hurts, this hurts, this hurts. Or do you, like, disassociate? I've learned to do that. I've learned to this, uh, you know, like you said. I, I think, you know, the first few races I, I, I really suffered, and I'm like, all right, so I threw up. I think I should quit. Yeah. Um, but with the years, I'm like, all right, I, you know, it's going to happen eventually. Uh, okay, so, you know, if I throw up, I'll throw up, and then uh, – Guys, we need to slow down a bit. I might throw up. I feel bad. Um, right now, it could be me, and tomorrow, it could be the other guy, right? Yep. So it, I think it's just learning, and, and, and the experience gives you that. That That's why, I, you know, every, every time people ask me about this sport, they're like, hey, man, you're, you know, I'm 38, and they're like, you're probably getting a little old for this. <laughs> and I'm like, actually, you know what? The guys that are the best at this sport, they're a lot older than me. (laughs) That's true. So, yeah, so it's, it's, it's all in the head. It's all in the head. That's kind of funny because, um, actually 
this week's episode, which goes up tomorrow, Inside Baseball People, this is how these things go, with Scott Carey. He's 43, and he's like, I'm just about done. So it's, it, it's a... It, you have a completely different mindset. It's, it's kind of interesting. So basically you guys are the same age and you're like, I'm just getting going. <laughs> yeah. You know, I want to be like, uh, you know, like 50 still be doing this. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, yeah. Well, I you tried might... quitting. Oh yeah. I tried, not, I tried slowing it down because, you know, with family and stuff, my, my wife was like, Hey, you know, it's the kids are missing you. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, I, you know, I I told her, all right, you know, I'll do worlds in Ecuador and then I'll kind of take it easy. Man, I tried that for two weeks and she actually gave me my bike and she's like, look, just get out and go bike. <laughs> get out. You're yeah. becoming obnoxious. <laughs> yeah, that was good planning on your part. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know if I've ever asked this of anybody, but so. So you're kind of a, an office person. Mm-hmm. When you come back to work the Monday after World Championships, will anybody care? Will anybody ask you how it went? Do you have oh, yeah. people at work that yeah. really know what you're doing? Yeah, yeah. So um, you know, I've been working at this company for 14 years. Um, so you know, I, I know a lot of people and. And I'm the crazy guy, you know, every time that they introduce me to someone, oh, this is the crazy guy that does these crazy adventures and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, you know, a lot of the people that are supportive of, of, you know, this mission that I'm telling you about, um, they're from work. And, yeah, and last time I went to Worlds, I even gave, like, a lecture on adventure racing and in front of people and how – because I actually – uh, you know, this this is also like a, like a business thing, right? You can make a business case out of how you – how you embrace challenges, you have objectives, you have strategy, you have teamwork, you have all these things. So I kind of tie that up with a business world and and I put this lecture together and they love it. So so I'm going to do that as well this time. Huh. Um, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's kind of cool. You had it to, to um, well, did, when you do that, is that just, does that, re, does that relate adventure racing to them? If you put it in a business term, is that how they understand it? They some of them do, mm-hmm. um, and actually, we've uh, my friend, my friend Pato in Ecuador. He he does the same thing at his at his office, and some people have actually gotten into adventure racing because of that. Because they're like, hey, you know, if you could do it, why can't I? Yeah. Um, so so some of them have gotten into the sport because because of that because it's it's more relatable. Mm. Yeah. So. Yet somebody, it's it it's not those people out there. It's that's oh, this guy sitting at the ne- desk next to me. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You know, because they see, uh, you know, if they eventually get to see some of these top teams, they're like, yeah, you know, those guys are way out of my league. Yeah. Then when they see someone that has a family and that you know still works with them, it becomes a lot more relatable. Yeah. Yeah. So, long term, think your kids would ever be adventure racers? Actually, my son, he um, he's sixteen now, but he did some small races when he was like eight. Yeah, yeah eight through ten. So he did that. He was a really good mountain biker. Um, he he won some races in Mexico, um, but now they've gotten civilized, which I hate. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So so now he's playing soccer and my daughter and I have two daughters and you know one of them kind of starting to get into it but not so much. I wish I lived somewhere else where you know like Colorado or places like yeah. that where everything's outdoorish. But here we just become too civilized. Well, it's it's got to be hard for kids just to be outside in a city and you know. I, I'm guessing you're not in the city because you got to take the train in, but but still, it's just you know, if you yeah. don't grow up or you can be outside, how do you learn so, to be outside? Yeah. So for instance, for me, like my hill training, um, I got a there's a ski hill that's what about 20 minutes from here, hmm. and you know that's that's the tallest hill here. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> so I see you know, the other guys doing, you know, 2,000-foot climb and, like, these beautiful mountains. Or my team, even in Ecuador, they went on this awesome, like, uh, bike uh, bike trip the other day. And I'm like a freaking hamster going up and down this ski hill just to make sure I can get some of it. Well, you do what you have to do, right? Yeah. Yeah, and and you have great podcasts to hear, like TA1. Well, while thank you're doing you. That. <laughs> so, all right, we're gonna. I'm gonna start wrapping this up, and you understand that that can take forever. Yep. But I'm 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 gonna ask you the bucket list question. So, you get to do one more race, any race you want, and you get to race with anybody you want to, except you can't have raced with them. So you can't race with your teammates. Ooh. And they and they don't have to be racing now. It could be, you know. Suspend the laws oh. of physics. It could be anybody from any time. Wow. So. Oof. Yeah. <laughs> My closure for sure. Yeah. For sure. Nathan. And just to mix things up, hmm? Jason. That's not bad. That's not bad. So where do you want? Where do you want to race with them at? Oh man, I I I dream of going to to Australia. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. It's um, I gotta say Australia is having a little resurgent renaissance. So, um, with adventure racing, so that's not a bad that's not a bad choice. Yeah, it's a little pricey, but hopefully, yeah. eventually, yeah. Well, let's face it: what isn't pricey about adventure racing? That's true. That's <laughs> so, true. Um, you know, you you do you go over and race, and then you have the family come over for a week. Yeah, I probably have to sell half of my house for that. <laughs> well, you know, what, it's once in a lifetime. Do do you do you have a sense of adventure race history? Because my question is: Is there an old school race you wish you could go back and do? Oh, Rave uh, Rave Okay, for sure. One of the raids. Yeah. yeah. Would you? Would you want to race it? All right, since we're we're in the realms of fantasy, would you want to race it with 1995 gear, or would you want to race it with today's gear? Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> today's gear for sure. Imagine carrying those freaking forty pound aluminum bikes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> today's gear for sure. Yeah, uh, I, yeah, that's a. That's a dumb question and a good answer. No, even now, like, you know, I was getting some uh, some rain pants, and I've had, like, the same rain pants for the last probably eight years. Yeah. I bought these new rain pants. Are, oh, my gosh, they fit in this little tiny bag, and they're so light, and, like, damn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, my, you know, my old school go-to story is we used to, we used to night ride with five – Five uh, cell big mag lights that we. Oh, I started with that. Yeah, taped to your yeah. handlebars, right? Yeah, yeah. I yeah. I started with that. Yeah. I started, and I still have my my first uh, my first lamp. I have it somewhere there. That's like you know you had to change the batteries every hour and a half and take like pounds and pounds of AAA batteries. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> um. What did I think? I think I've asked you everything. That's the important things. I asked you how to pronounce your name and what what bar you've been to. Oh, I do. This and honest to God, this is the last question. And I'm going to assume that tradition holds. Are you going to take the shot of whiskey during the race? Oh, for sure. I'm okay. gonna, or probably two. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I think the record is four. By the way. Oh, really? Ah, well. You shouldn't have told me that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I, we're looking for because uh, I don't know from I, from from Latin America. I don't know what else. So I know the other team from Ecuador is coming. The Young Guns. Yeah. Um, they're coming. So actually, uh, the girl in that team, he's my friend Martin's wife. Um, so she's oh my gosh, I've seen those guys. Like, I saw those guys race their first race when they were I want to say twelve. Wow. Yeah, so like super, and they've gone so far, and so excited for them. They're doing great. They're, 
that's I, I would say not because they're from my country, but that's going to be a team to look out for. Yeah, yeah, but um, but you're older and wiser and more cunning. Thinking. Oh my gosh, the, the the guy that navigates on that team, that kid's a genius. Like wow. literally, he he's he's like a, a little genius. Uh, so he he understands the maps like on the blink of an eye. Yeah, that's yeah. it. I I love talking to people like that because. Once in a while, when I'm out, I I, I can go anywhere on a map. I, I can look at it, and I can say, the map looks. I can see the map on the train, but it doesn't happen very often. So, I mm-hmm. I uh, envy people that can do that. Yeah, this is one of those guys. Like you know, he just sees the maps, and he's like, all right, this is pop 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 pop, and I'm like, okay, slow down. <laughs> 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 slow, slow down. Tell me how you did that. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. I'm gonna go. I should probably get something accomplished. Oh, I do got to get something accomplished. I got to get the other the podcast up. So, thanks for the chat. This was nice. It was fun. No, thanks, Randy. No, thanks for giving me a call. And and I I I hope to see you there. My team's bringing some good Ecuadorian coffee. We'll exchange for some. We'll exchange for some nice pictures. Okay, well, you just you just made Paulette's day because she's she, literally she, she'd been gone for two months working, and she came back and she's like, "You need to go on a trip because I'm just about out of good coffee." Ah, there you go. Well, <laughs> so, all right, it's a deal. It's a deal. So, all right, well, we'll see you in a probably like twenty-seven or twenty-eight days. All right, my friend. Thanks all right. for the call. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right, take care. Bye. 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 Oh